And it is that time, RadioNext.tv, on the Cool Groove site, you're listening to Warpin' Wolf Radio, Comenius Institute-sponsored program. Each week, Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, slice up and chop up that <laughs> wisdom and knowledge. That's the last post I put I out there, Dr. One. Mark. Yeah, we're going we gonna to put it in your salad today. How you doing, uh-huh, brother? Doing really well, man. It's going to be a great week. It's great to be back man, after it, a little vacation. You've had an uh, adventuresome summer. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, it's been adventurous for you, and yep. uh, but that's good, you, you know, you had some course of study that you That's had right. to complete, and then you got yep. the time to spend a, uh, some quality time with, with the, family the family this summer. Great, great. You can't replace that. That's right. Ma Eckle, if you're out there listening, love you, honey. Uh, <laughs> she was <laughs> talking to me yesterday. She said, give you a big hug. So well, there you, you know, go. I got it, Ma. I got it <laughs> mentally. I ain't letting this big guy hug me. But anyway, Mark, we're uh, going to have a very, very good show today, uh, kind of flipping the script a little bit. We're going to be talking about eating in Ethiopia. So mm-hmm. we're and uh, span the globe on our cuisine, and uh, we have a great guest in today. Uh, give me his name, Mark. Yeah, Holly Abib. Yeah, Holly Abib. Yeah, this is going to be a great show. We've got uh, uh, somebody here who not only is uh, a fellow traveler in Christianity, but also somebody who is directly from Ethiopia, moved here when he was a teenager. And uh, they have a great restaurant up in Fishers. We'll be talking about that, St. Yard's, uh, which actually goes from the a.m. to the p.m. You can go uh, in to get coffee at 6 a.m. in the morning and then go over and get some lunch and dinner later on during the day. Uh, Holly's wife is the chef there, and she does some great things with food. We're looking forward to the Ethiopian cuisine. And, of course, as always, we're sponsored by the Comenius Institute, which is a bridge between high school and college. And our students at IUPUI are invested in their academic study, and we come alongside them to help them think Christianly about whatever it is that they're studying. Had a great meeting last night, by the way, with all of the ministry leaders on campus. We're going to begin something called Ignite IUPUI, where we meet uh, the first Thursday of every month and uh, at nine o'clock with all of our students from all our different uh, venues and that'll be a lot of fun and looking forward the, to that you know you picking my interest now yeah that's you're right my interest brother because right. you know uh, jumbo love on a thursday morning could be down there well and, we're uh, thursday night sorry oh, thursday night, night? Yeah, thursday night 9 p.m so there it is yeah okay, okay. Yeah. you almost had me there man, i'm <laughs> telling you but no this is going to be great and, and what's so interesting is uh uh, about you know th- this show today and the Ethiopian restaurant. One of my favorite shows, even though I'm a sports nut and a music lover, is uh, Bizarre Foods with Andrew. Okay. Zimmer. And so uh, I just love the history lessons yeah. that you can learn when you watch this program. And he was talking about Ethiopian cuisine nice. just a couple of weeks ago. Nice. So this will be very interesting. We're going to come back as we do each and every week. Uh, we have music interludes and. Uh, we can ready to start this show, so you stay tuned. Have somebody go uh, out there on the internet and tell them to come in if they are interested in some Ethiopian cuisine and just really about the culture over in Ethiopia mm-hmm. and how Christians react and do things That's over right. there. Tune us in right now. You're listening to Warping Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site. Radio next. Radio TV on the Cool Groove site. Warping Wolf Radio. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell. Every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, delivering some of the best wisdom and knowledge on the Internet. Dr. Mark, uh, like I say, number one, good to have you back, my friend. Thanks. And uh, tell us a little bit about Comenius before we get into this conversation. Sure. Today. So Comenius is uh, named after John Amos Comenius, famous Moravian pastor 
from the 17th century uh, who was committed to educational practice, and that's what we are committed to on the campus of IUPUI, helping young Christian uh, young people uh, with their academic pursuits as well as helping them to think Christianly about what they're, what they're doing with in academics. And, again, I want to thank you again for last week for having Big Cuz. Yeah, that was, was a, a intriguing conversation that we um, were, were able to have on uh, media Excellent. today on our youth and on popular culture. Um, and this is no different today, man. We're talking about eating in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. uh, St. Yared, uh, Ethiopian restaurant up off of, let me give you this address, because if y'all rolling around, I mean, like you said, it goes all day, 11210 Fall Creek Road, and not only could you uh, experience some of the great St. Garrett Ethiopian food, but also some of the best coffee in the world. And there you go. i tell you, man, actually, Ethiopia is the number one place for coffee to, that's uh, right, a coffee producer in the world. That's right. As a matter of fact, people don't know, you didn't think yeah, you I did my you research. you out with your research. Yeah. But anyway, man, you know, we we always take our, our, our conversation and, and our base point, our baseline is always Proverbs. That's uh, right. And Proverbs is the book, if you don't know, and if you're not an avid Bible reader, it is the rules and laws and the ways to uh, pretty much live. The, mm-hmm. here, if you do these things, I don't, if you're a Christian or not, if you do these things, life's going to be better. That's right. Yep. Christian puts the cap on it. But, mm-hmm. you know, just really, we, we have to live by some rules and guidelines. So Proverbs is where we come from. So I guess the first question I would have is, since we're talking about Ethiopian uh, eating, yeah. uh, why is eating so important to Christians? Yeah. Well, let me give you five reasons. Uh, I think, first of all, we start with creation. God made us in a certain way. He made his world uh, in a certain way. He made food. Uh, food is good. All things are good since God has made them and created them. A second reason I would suggest this is, and some people are going to frown when I say this, but Levitical dietary laws. Uh, Leviticus is one of those uh, lost books of the First Testament that really needs to be reinvigorated in our teaching. I'm actually going to be doing uh, teaching on Old Testament overview at my church at Crossroads Community this coming fall, and we'll actually deal with a little bit of Leviticus and the importance of dietary laws. God actually was protecting his people by giving them certain diet. And then number three would be family. Eating is important for Christians because we believe in family, Uh, not simply the nuclear family, but also the family at large, the Christian family at large, and we're really interested in that. Number four would be our neighbors, Uh, those that are right next to us in our suburban households or just down the street in the city, uh, our porch buddies, whatever it might be. Uh, we're committed to those kinds of uh, relationships, and eating always brings us together. And then uh, the fifth, I would say, would probably be the most obvious, and that is this, this is about the Lord's table. This is the Lord's Supper, and this is why we celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection. HB, this is fascinating because what did Jesus leave us with to consider uh, him into the future? Eating. Eating. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> How about that? Well, maybe that's why the African-Americans, every time something go down, whether it's a funeral, a wedding, a yeah. birthday, or whatever, man, food is the priority, there, and yeah. it's always there. So we're right. right on track, so don't there get you upset go. with yourself. Uh, so what principles of Proverbs can be applied to eating then? Because you can go deep on this, oh, man. Oh, my word. Some, you can find some proverb on anything. Yeah, absolutely. So think about this. This is Proverbs fifteen seventeen. says, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Oh, my word. So it's better not to have, the point is, better not to have much with love than to have a lot with a lot of strife and hatred going on in the house. Uh, this is uh, very similar to later on in the same uh, proverb where we find out 
this the same kind of concept that's coming from the greedy and the unjust gain. All of those kinds of things are important to us. And then listen to this one, Proverbs 17.1, Better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. You know, if you've grown up in a house where people are yelling and screaming at each other, and maybe you've got hand over fist all that you ever wanted in life, uh, how much better would it be to not have much but have quiet, live a quiet life? And then, of course, we could go toward the end of the uh, book of Proverbs uh, 23 and 25. I won't read these, but one of the statements there has to do with be wary of the rich person who brings you a sumptuous feast but who wants to just get something from you. Look out for that person. Ooh, sounds like bribery, usury, right. and everything else in that phrase there. That's right. And you know, Proverbs is interesting. You know, before we go to this last question in this set, it, you, it's almost like being cursed out mm. in, uh, you know, like some good old wisdom text uh, is what yeah, it is. I that's mean, right. you know, really, because it's telling you straight to the point. This is what you need to do. That's right. And if not, Here's some consequences. You got choices, but yeah. if, if you want the good choice, it, that's why it starts with better than. If you want the better, then you go in this direction. You know, and, and it's interesting. If you do read a lot of text and you read a lot of Bible um, and Scripture, you do see many times how the diet is directly reflected to the mindset or there the you body go. or some of the things that we sure. are supposed to do um, in principle. That's right. Um, so, you know, we have to be aware of this as well. You, That's you, right. Nothing goes unnoticed. Uh, so why should the topic matter um, uh, for some Christians yeah. out here if we're talking about eating? Yeah, so I'll give you another five ideas here. The first one would be hospitality. Uh, one of the things I think that's lost, let's say, for instance, with our pastors uh, today, there, I think there are 15 different statements in Titus uh, chapter 1 and First Timothy chapter 3 about what is a pastor to do? One of the things a pastor is to be uh, is hospitable. Well, that's true for all of us, uh, and as far as the Christian community is concerned. Hospitality and hospitality always leads with eating. Number two would be generosity. Generosity demonstrates that we want to give to somebody else. We want to give from ourselves, not expecting anything in return. To have a gracious and generous spirit is huge. Number three community. And of course, you HP talk about this all the time, the importance of community, the reason why we're coming together. You're going to have a great event. We're looking forward. Robin and I are going to be down there on the 2nd of September uh, in in the park, art in the park, uh, emphasis, all community all the time. Uh, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to be eating as well as listening to great music and hearing some great talk. Number four would be acceptance. How do you demonstrate an acceptance with somebody else, will you sit and eat or drink with them? And that is an important idea. And then number five, this should be obvious to anybody. That is that eating is common to everybody. So commonality, everybody eats. So if you have nothing else in common with somebody else, man, sit down and have dinner, lunch, whatever with them, and find some more common ground. And, and there will, common ground will definitely come once you uh, have a meal in front of you. There is something peaceful, something that is transparent about That's right. uh, being able to sit down and break bread together. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to continue the discussion before our great guest comes in, Holly Abib, with St. Garrett Ethiopian Restaurant. We want you to uh, definitely, number one, find out more about his organization and his business, and then, as we always do, we want you to support uh, all the great people and organizations that come through Radio Next.TV, specifically here on Warp and Wolf Radio. Uh, we'll be right back. Mark Eckle, Harold Bell, we are on Warp and Wolf Radio. 
RadioNext.tv, and we are back. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, Warping Wolf Radio, and I'm, I'm cutting it down a little bit today because I know our guest is going to come in just a little bit earlier than normal, Mark. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, first of all, how did you uh, uh, come in contact with Holly? Yeah, so uh, we got in touch with him with a couple of friends of Comenius, uh Rick Belanger and uh, Kevin Russell. Of course, Kevin's been on the show our agent of redemption here in Indianapolis. He's uh, been here before. And uh, they've sat down at his, uh, at his restaurant, eaten with him. And both of them said, uh, as they were meeting one day with each other, uh, Mark has to have Holly on the, on the show. So that's how, actually how that happened. And we all met, actually, at the restaurant and had to sit down and talk about some things. And it's going to be really a fascinating conversation uh, when he comes to discuss these issues with us. Well, well what I love about uh, the show, this, this whole topic matter, is the wholeness of the show because we're talking about eating and how important it is to us physically and spiritually, yep. but also uh, it, it takes us back to a dynamic of the root of. That's right. Uh, from <laughs> from whence we came, That's basically. Um, and we, we get it confused a lot of time when reading Bible and forget uh, when we're talking about uh, the birthplace, Jerusalem, right. and this is all Ethiopia, Jerusalem, Syria, all these mm-hmm. <laughs> these places that mm-hmm. we're talking about are where Jesus walked and where oh, the disciples yeah. went and, and made uh, Christ known. So Ethiopia was major. Oh. So as a Christian, uh, I, I guess the, the, the number one question I would have is church history is so important uh, to, to this matter. So why should we understand Ethiopia and their cuisine better when we start talking about yeah about Ethiopia as a whole and out of out of scripture? Let me just start by saying, you know, I teach uh, young people quite a bit, uh, high school students, and speak with them on a regular basis about any number of topics, and it really is amazing to me how m- many people in the Christian church believe that church history started with them, that somehow you know this point in life in 2017 is the focal point, the center, the core of all of history, as if this is the most important piece of time. And of course it's not. They have a very uh, uh, incomplete view of how history is actually made. So when we think about this, I think about two passages. I'll just give two. Uh, there are many others, but two of them, the first comes from First Testament teaching in First Kings chapters 9 and 10 where you find Solomon, that great wise ruler of Israel, who was a person who everybody was coming to for their wisdom. So, you know, if we were going to have Warp and Woof Radio uh, in that day, it would have been Solomon sitting in this chair, you know, Mm -hmm. it was that man. So everybody was coming to him, including a woman by the name of the Queen of Sheva. And the Queen of Sheva is actually connected to Ethiopia. That's where most scholars believe that she came from is Ethiopia, and uh, there are some, there's some great research uh, on that and about that particular individual. Uh, then, of course, if you fast forward to the Second Testament, New Testament, now we talk about the Ethiopian eunuch, the famous story out of Acts chapter 8, where here's this guy reading the book of Isaiah, doesn't get it, and uh, one of the disciples is actually transported to help him to understand this. Well, I mention all of that because one of the things that is true about Ethiopia today is that Ethiopia not only has nationalized Christianity, it is a national religion in Ethiopia, but it literally sits in the middle of Islam in in Africa. And so here you have this Christian nation, basically, in the middle of this. Where did this come from? I believe that Ethiopia that we know today in 2017 comes directly out of Acts chapter 8 and the historic connection and rootedness in that particular story. 
I love this because if we did history, we could separate and break down. I mean, we could just break down so many walls and yeah. separate truth from fiction yeah. uh, so easily if we did it. Um, a race wouldn't be an issue because if you know your history, the yeah. Ethiopian people are people of real rich, dark color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, you know, uh, seriously. And if we if we had a better understanding of that, instead of like you say, taking ownership of Christianity from where we know it, yes, and did the history on Christianity and see how inclusive it was was all people, all tribes, or whatever, mm-hmm. we'd be a lot better for it. Oh my! Uh, but but I guess that leads to this next question that I have. You know, why is this so important to understand other Christian cultures? Yes. Because uh, as we talk about it all the time, the Christian in Indianapolis on the east side is different than the Christian <laughs> of Indianapolis on the north side. Isn't that and the so, truth? Uh, let alone the global perspective mm-hmm. of Christianity. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah, so we have such a truncated, such a small view of how we uh, think about other cultures. And uh, this goes not just to Ethiopia, but to every culture. So just to give you a sense of this, I'm going to go to my website, uh, which is warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. And there you will find, if you want to plug this into my search line, just type in the word interpretation. And I'm reading from this, actually, uh, my piece on interpretation. And when it comes to cultures and how do we interact with other people that are different from us, that maybe uh, not only not dis- that not agree with us, but they are people that come from a different place than we do. I give five basic concepts here, some of which I've, I've actually mentioned earlier in the program. The first one is to learn languages. That means you have to learn how other people communicate, how you get along with folks. If I know that somebody likes something or doesn't like something, then I either give that to them or stay away from it. Number two, be neighborly. Just cross the street, cross the lawn, cross something, and take a pie, man. We, <laughs> Robin and I used to take pies to our neighbors to become neighborly. Number three, ask questions. Uh, you, do, you don't build walls with people. You build bridges. So ask questions. That's the best way in. Number four, check your biases. Everybody's biased. Everybody's prejudiced. In one way or another, uh, we all have our problems with this. And so what we need to do is, like I said, cross the street, find out what other people are like, uh, check your mindset at the door and listen to somebody else's. And finally, we talked about this already, find common ground. And common ground can be made in lots of different ways, man. doesn't really matter, but whatever it is, we're finding how we're going to communicate with other people. And, and this is pretty much a model that you're using uh, right now as we try to, to bridge the gap between uh, not only the Christians in the community, but the racial con- you know, oh, yeah. uh, concept in this community. And uh, you're, you're going out and you speak it. You're a man of what you talk about. Uh, you know, and it's easy to sit up in Noblesville and say, hey, we yeah. need to. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. It's easy to sit up there and say what we need to do right. versus I'm going down here on 22nd and college and have some lunch at the country kitchen mm-hmm. and, 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 and ha- right. break bread with my, you know, uh, right. my fellow Christians who might be of a uh, different culture. And that's what we have to do. We have to get out and understand one another. Uh, yeah. The only way to do that is spend time with people. You can't read about it. Uh, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. You can sit up and do all the analytics and all the research you want, but until you go smack yeah. dab in the middle of, <laughs> Somebody was asking me about this the other day, actually, HB. It was interesting that when they approached me about what am I doing about racial reconciliation of the community, among many things that I mentioned was the fact that two out of three people that we've had on our program are black. Yeah. African-American, African descent, 
But my point in doing this is very intentional, and that is the unity of the Christian church in Indianapolis. Absolutely. And if you were a politician, you'd probably get elected because you had uh, <laughs> just as many women. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Yeah. But that, to me, to me, just in observing, mm. that's important. It is. Uh, yeah. Because we haven't, shy, we haven't shied away from anyone no. uh, to come through here and discuss what it is they Absolutely. do who they are. Last question in this segment, Mark. How does our discussion today intersect? Uh, with our culture's view of eating and Ethiopia. Yeah, this is a, a very important issue. I think always what we need to be doing is we need to be examining how does the Christian view of things uh, connect with the cultural view of things? Or sometimes, uh, quite frankly, it's diametrically opposed. And so what I find constantly in the culture in which, I, in which all of us live is in this American culture is that we're so obsessed with the external manifestation of whatever it is that we're talking about. So we're really concerned with uh, how do things look? Uh, what, is the, what, is the, uh, what is the viewpoint of this, the aesthetics and the beauty? All of those things are really important and powerful. Not to shy away from that as well. That's an important idea. But for the Christian, for the Christian view of eating and the concept of the, of the Christian view of life is that it comes from the inside of us. It comes internally. The focus is how uh, our commonality and our community has changed us. And that, I think, is really important. Uh, I'll just read a few uh, comments. This one from uh, my website, Warp and Woof, Cultural Christianity. And here are some points that I made there. We should listen to viewpoints other than our own. We should speak up for those who have no voice. We should stand with those who have nowhere to stand. We should raise our prophetic voice for life, liberty, and love. And we should construct our words with clarity, care, and compassion. And that goes back to the issue of, you know what, if I know that there's a certain word or a certain phrase or a certain idea that's really going to turn my friends off in whatever community it might be, I'm going to stand clear of that. I'm going to move around that. I'm going to ask them about, hey, how do I, how do I respond to this? Or, but I'll I, I tell you this, HB, honestly, at the end of the day, when people ask me, how do we get along together? I said, you can never be wrong asking a question. Just shut up and ask a question, man, and let people talk to you. That's important. And don't judge before you even have a, That's a, right. a response. Yeah. I mean, you know, because a lot of times we go in where we already have predetermined yeah. our mindset. Uh, and when we have a predetermination of mindset, um, it's just bad for it. What we're going to do is take another break. Uh, we're going to come back, and then our guest should be in the studio uh, in the next few minutes. You are listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site. RadioNext.tv, we are live on the Cool Groove site. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, and we have just been joined by our special guest today, Holly Abib, uh, the owner and proprietor of St. Yari, Ethiopian restaurant. So we're going to find out a little bit more um, after we're done with this segment. Uh, Dr. Mark, uh, that was very candid. You know, and I was thinking when we were on break about how important and powerful food must be at the Last Supper. That's right. Was, <laughs> there you go. was the thing. I That's mean, it. so, so we, you know, I was thinking how relevant this is and, mm -hmm. you know, from that last question man mm -hmm. uh, you know that was that was powerful in itself to say okay the last thing that I do before I leave you is let's let's break bread together that's right and so uh, it has to have some merit uh, how do we get the Christian community engaged uh, in understanding these principles, this philosophy yeah. uh, from, from, you know, the motherland? How yeah. do we do this? I, I think we do it by inviting folks like we have in our studio right now. Holly, uh, we're so glad that you're here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much, and I really appreciate it. 
uh, that you invited me, and I also appreciate uh, what you guys do. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, we're, we always ask our friends and uh, the folks that come and spend some time with us uh, to give us a little bit of background about yourself, your family, vocational pursuits, how your Christian beliefs have formed your view about life and everything. You can take that in so many different directions, but let's spend the first 10 or 12 minutes just talking a little bit about you and your background. Sure. Um, I am an Ethiopian-American, and uh, I have been in the United States uh, since 1973. Um, I came, um, I was in ninth grade. Hmm. And uh, I was very, very lucky to have run into an American couple when I was in the fifth grade in my hometown. Mm. And uh, as I was heading home, uh, I saw them visiting the great obelisks um, in Aksum, which is my hometown. Aksum is uh, really where Ethiopia started also. It is uh, uh, the beginning of all Ethiopian um, civilization. And there are a lot of historical places there. Um, lots of tourists from all over the world mm. come. And uh, there were a couple, an American couple. I actually thought all Caucasians were Americans, so uh, I assumed they were Americans. And when one of them said hi to me, I said, take me to America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and three years later, an invitation came and uh, they brought me to the United States and enrolled me at a Quaker school in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm. Um, and I came um, uh, to go to school for education, at least. Um, that was my initial uh, mission. But uh, now I have a lot of questions whether my coming here to the United States is just for, for uh, school. Mm. Uh, and I say that because um, uh, a year after I came to the United States, uh, the last emperor of Ethiopia, Emperor Haile Selassie, was uh, overthrown by a left-wing colonel from the army. And, um, and he tried to take Ethiopia to the Soviet camp. And uh, the Christians would have none of it, so war broke out, mm. uh, which lasted uh, about 17 years. Wow. And, um, and most, there were, there were eight classes of eighth grade uh, when I was in Aksum, and uh, during the war, most of my classmates perished. Mm. And so uh, the question why did I come to the United States? Initially, uh, it was to go to school, education. Mm -hmm. But now, spiritually, I ask the question, is that all? Mm -hmm. what, is, what is my other mission? And uh, as we will talk later, um, at least I believe with some of the things I've done in my life, maybe that was the other mission, mm -hmm. m uh, more important mission. Um, um, after high school, I went to college at the Berea College in Kentucky, um, one of the best colleges in the country, and uh, really, really an amazing Christian school mm. uh, where um, the belief is practiced. 
Nice. You see it all around. Uh, every student works uh, in the school where service is everything. Hmm. Uh, in fact, the school believes service is what makes us human beings. Hmm. And uh, the professors were extraordinary. They were there. They are there to teach because, yeah. you know, it's a calling right. and not a job. Right. And it was just the best uh, campus uh, full of uh, life and brotherhood and, and love. Mm. And it was just learning was um, just uh, exciting. Mm. So much so I actually finished college in three years oh <laughs> so look at you it, it was not a school was not a burden mm. uh but it was uh learning and then i went to graduate school at southern illinois university at carbondale and followed by the university of minnesota uh, where i studied uh, microbiology and biochemistry and uh, professionally i spent uh 26 and a half years in the pharmaceutical uh, industry uh, including um total of about 20 years at Eli Lilly. Oh, very good. And uh, I'm married and have four kids and uh, really um, um, thanks to my American family, mm. uh, they gave me a tremendous opportunity mm. and, um, and I think uh, I am living, I'm living um, a life that is extraordinary mm. and every day um, I meet so many wonderful people mm. um, and I see my kids going through high school college and my wife by the way she o actually owns the restaurant <laughs> <laughs> it's her uh, uh, her business and through it um, as we will talk later extraordinary other things have happened to us mm. which makes me believe that prayers do in fact get answered mm. uh, but that is uh, um, my life in brief yes well let's give a little love to st yard's uh just to to tell people where it's at basically kind of uh just give us an overview of the restaurant itself mm -hmm. yes uh it's located um in uh, fisher's geist uh at one one two one zero fall creek road it's near the intersection of Fall Creek Road and Brooksville Road. Um, it is a really, uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's a landmark uh, because uh, um, we've lived in Fishers for uh, over 20 years and there is nothing like it. And I think it has become a cultural uh, uh, bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a Christian establishment, and uh, everything we do is with that in mind, uh, in accordance to our uh, Ethiopian Orthodox um, Church calling for us, the guest in the house we do not know, or the stranger at the front door could be Jesus Christ, and therefore everything we do, our guiding light is in fact that. Mm. and. Uh, it may be, you know, restaurant, it may say restaurant, but actually it's our home because you, you dine like our home. And not only our home here in Fishers, but our home back in Ethiopia, mm. 
just to give you an idea, my mother-in-law and my sister actually make the spices that we use wow. uh, to, uh, to cook the, the entrees, and my wife cooks it. And wow. when she cooks, cooks it, she is doing everything with the idea that the guest in the house could be Jesus Christ. Mm. So there is wow. no frozen process, anything like that. All right. I love it. I love it. We're going <laughs> to take a short break. Uh, before we go on break, though, Ali, I would like to ask you, and I'm always just amazed um, when, when people move to America uh, from their homeland and then they come here and, and just take advantage of all the great opportunities. What is it like when you look and see people who don't take advantage of these opportunities uh, after you've come to, to set up and do the things? I, I was just listening to to set up and do the things I, I was just listening to to set up and do the things I, I was just listening to to set up and do the things I, I was just listening to to set up and do the things I, I was just listening to to set up and do the things I, I was just listening to to set up and do the things out your your history and, yeah. and every opportunity college everything that came about you know not only finishing it sometimes people go here and they go six years <laughs> yeah. you finish in three years but but talk about that that fortitude if you could Absolutely. Um, in fact, <laughs> in the restaurant, as I see young people with their family, I end I end up jumping in and say, "What are you doing? What are you planning? What's your?" And I end up um, giving a talk to uh, young men and women I don't know, mm-hmm. and 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 try to uh, see whether or not they're aware. Uh, of the tremendous uh, opportunity at their fingertips, and um, and it's amazing, um, um, including my own kids, you know, who haven't seen what I have seen. Uh, it's not easy for them to relate uh, to uh, not to have the kind of things we do, um, but I really believe uh, in America. Um, especially f- young people with parents, with a house, with a warm place, food, I mean, whatever they need, love, to settle for uh, uh, anything less than their ultimate dream mm. is really, really, uh, um, it's really uh, uh, very hard for me to, uh, to accept. Uh, and I try to share with them my own experience you know I left my father my mother eight of my siblings my hometown my uh, um, classmates everything you know at 14 you know to yeah to go to school Mm. and uh, and then the price after I came here you know I was not able to go for 17 years so I was totally cut off from my biological family because of the, the the war that was going on um and you know i try to also relate to the young people that you know the, the opportunity at, at their fingertips and how probably 99.9 percent of the world young people would do anything to get that and so i try to encourage them i try to um really uh drive the point that they are sitting on uh, on a <laughs> gold mine, yeah. m- even more than yeah. gold mine. 
Well, there's something to be said about the struggle. You know, the, the price of the struggle is the is the fortitude of, you know, making you move. And sometimes I think that we've done a little bit too much spoiling and uh, yeah. people just don't yeah. understand the blessing that we have here. We're talking to Ali Abib, uh, proprietor of St. Yard's Ethiopian Restaurant, Dr. Mark Eckel. We'll be back in just a short moment. Great story here. We are back. Radio Next TV at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Roof Radio. You hear us every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And each Wednesday, we have all kinds of great guests, Christians in the community that are doing good based on our tagline out of Titus chapter 3, 1, 8, and 14, do good, do good, do good. Today, we are blessed to have in studio with us Holly Habib and uh, talking about eating in Ethiopia and not only the connection to the restaurant uh, that he and his wife uh, are engaged in at Fisher's uh, and make sure to go online uh, to my website to... Uh, this particular website here at, at uh, Cool Groove and uh, HB's website, but also uh, to see all of the connections that you can find there, all the different five-star ratings that this restaurant has. So uh, we talked a little bit about your reason for coming uh, to this particular uh, country, the United States, uh, and you talked a little bit about what it was like to come here from your home country of Ethiopia. Is there anything that you want to follow up on uh, to, to tie into this particular segment uh, to remind people about, let's say, the good opportunities they might have here? Yes. Um, you know, I wanted to come to the United States. Uh, first of all, uh, I, I think I'd like to mention how the whole dream started. Uh, I was in third grade um, when an American Peace Corps, uh, which, which was, I think, America's best gift to the world. Nice. I hope they continue that. And this young man comes in, and uh, we didn't know how to speak English, but there was a translator, and we were asking him about uh, America. And uh, he was so gracious and shared um, uh, his culture. And, uh, and he also showed us a short film, and I said, I'm going to go. Hmm. And in third grade, you said you're going to go. third grade, and wow. you know, the amazing thing is, I remember uh, the, the time, um, just what the day was like. I never forget. Hmm. And uh, this is also an example of how a prayer can, in fact, come true. And uh, and so, um, so I'm saying I'm going to go. And and then when I was in fifth grade, in a midday, heading home. Uh, I run into this American couple, and I, they say hi to me. I say, take me to America. And <laughs> as I uh, explained earlier, that dream came true. Mm. And I would like to add also what it was like to come um, from Aksum, my hometown, from Ethiopia, uh, to the U.S. Um, it is like you know, going from the um, 17th, 16th century into the 20th century. Mm. And I grew up in a small town city, the city of Aksum, ancient, uh, uh, the center of Ethiopian Christianity, a very conservative uh, society um, with some um, 20th century 
aspect to it, but most of it almost like biblical mm. in many ways. Mm. And then um, the first, the plane landed in Rome, and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> couldn't the size of the airport, the planes. And then our next destination was in London. I, I was just, it was like a different planet. Mm. And then we land in New York, and I just couldn't believe. I, I, so you can imagine mm. my mind kind of exploding mm. in, into a new universe. My eyes were seeing things that too com too complicated to comprehend. Mm. The cars on the highway, the planes at the airport, the people, the buildings, the whole thing was it just like you took me and put me in a, I don't know, in a, a, a new planet. Mm. And, uh, and even going, you know, to class, the first day of class, I never forget. All these new things were so much. And on top of that, I couldn't speak English. Mm -hmm. My English was so poor. Mm -hmm. And I am sitting in a, uh, with the native speakers uh, who speak English, but I didn't. Uh, barely, I should say. And I couldn't understand what the teacher was saying. I couldn't, almost I couldn't breathe. Mm. After a while, all these new things were so much that I felt like I couldn't breathe. Mm. And uh, uh, I never forget this because the first day in class, it was the pressures, you know, two weeks in the United States and I'm in, in a, you know, in a private high school, uh, one of the best in the country and with kids from you know well-to-do bankers that speak and they life seems easy but mm. for me uh, you know I couldn't com communicate it was a new place the classes rooms were just fantastic mm. and um, and then the worst of all was when the teacher was speaking I couldn't understand what he was saying and for uh, for where I come from, the teacher is just next to your parents. When mm -hmm. the teacher speaks, mm. you listen. Mm. And here I am trying to listen very hard, but I, I, I couldn't understand. Mm. And then uh, this created like a sense of, of uh, am I going to fail? Mm. And it was it was really terror, and I I couldn't breathe. And then guess what? All of a sudden. The story of Saint Yared, which every young uh, boy in Ethiopia knows, um, came to mind. The st story of Saint Yared, the caterpillar, from which uh, young Yared learned um, what the key is to success in life, mm. which is perseverance. Mm. And just that thinking about the story of Yarid was like so resurrecting. Mm. Uh, one second I was in a state where I, I was having difficulty breathing and a second later I was <sighs> in a state of absolute um, freedom I would say mm. you know just in control all mm. of a sudden I realized oh this is about hard work staying mm. the course and 
you talk about resurrection i really was resurrected from uh, that grip of uh, uh uh anxiety and 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 uh, and so coming from where i did to the us was a transformation uh from uh, the dark ages into the, the 20th century mm. Uh, just to give you an idea, I remember my American family calling and saying to me, you know, not to get lost at the airport. And, uh, you know, and I was saying, how could one get lost in the airport? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and that is because, you know, the biggest airport uh, in Ethiopia at that time was in, in the capital and there, there were just few planes come mm -hmm. land, and there is one gate, and you can't, you can't get lost. Yeah. So, uh, I'm thinking, how could one get lost? Mm -hmm. Little did I know mm -hmm. <laughs> what was waiting for me mm -hmm. in in Rome, in London, in in, in New York. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I tell you, it was, it was, it was, it was an amazing journey. One of the things that we talked about in the first segment of our show, uh, first half hour thereabouts, was this connection between cultures. And that's what you're describing for us is your own personal experience right. in cross-cultural uh, connections with a brand new place. Yeah. And you're not even talking about just language. You know, you're talking about a culture. You're talking about a mindset. You're talking about geography. Absolutely. You're talking about all of and history. Uh, so you had a certain history. Yeah. But you're moving into a place that had a whole other history. Totally new. For example, I remember in, you know, in the first couple of weeks of um, school, I couldn't understand and accept how the students were behaving. You know, when the teacher walks in, uh, um, they didn't get up. Mm. And I remember, I think the first class, I learned to get up, and then I look around and nobody <laughs> did. <laughs> so nobody else nobody stood did. up with you, yeah. Yes, and then I also saw the students, uh, you know, interrupting or... Sometimes they talk mm -hmm. while they're teaching, and I was—I couldn't believe, I couldn't, you know, how the, 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 the kids were misbehaving. Yes. Little did I know, um, you know, um, it's a different culture, and uh, although even to this day, I think students should listen oh, and should yes. not talk to each other, uh, and I think they should have an attitude of. You know, learning. Yes. The teacher is a fountain of knowledge. Yes. That uh, mindset uh, uh, is what's going to make uh, an or break. I want uh, you to come and talk to some of my classes about <laughs> you stand up when Dr. Echo comes into the room because that <laughs> that's, <would be> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> it, this idea of, you know, <coughs> revering the teacher mm. as a, you know, like, as I said earlier, as a, as a, a fountain of knowledge, mm. it's critical. You know, if you don't have a, an attitude, you know, to learn. Yes. And that the teacher is the the uh, the reservoir of mm. wisdom mm. and knowledge. Yes. Uh, it's very hard to learn. Oh. And, and so there, there were uh, things like that that really were very hard for me to accept. You said uh, when we talked at the restaurant when we met and talked about this particular radio show mm -hmm. and and you coming over. Uh, we talked about. Uh, at your restaurant that you try to live what you believe that was something you must have said three times I was looking at my notes again this week and uh, so what does that mean to you living what you believe yes so um, 
you know, life is short. I mean, everybody heard that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we have to choose how, is it, how it is that we're going to live that life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a Christian and I have beliefs. And to me, um, just believing and not practicing it is is not really living the 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 faith right uh so and it's not it's not just um um practicing it but practicing means um really you know it's kind of like what christ does you know challenge you to be the best you can be to Mm. do good well um and and to hold people accountable that's another thing that i really believe you know uh, so to live uh what i believe is um to touch people mm. um in a very small way um what i believe is uh uh what jesus christ uh, uh, expect of us mm. God expects of us so first of all uh, when guests come to the restaurant to me it's an honor uh, here are a family coming to my home mm. the restaurant may say restaurant but really it's, it's our home and um, you know I have to you know welcome them um, with open hearts mm-hmm. uh, um and treat them, yes. relate to them, because they are also my fellow human beings mm-hmm. uh, um, in my home, and and I want live what I believe by doing the kind of things uh, Christ would expect me to to do and that is to welcome them with open arms to serve them uh, to comfort them mm-hmm. and there are some that come uh, sin- since we opened the restaurant there are people with you know uh, challenges in, in life and um, I want to do everything I can mm-hmm. to uh, hold their hand Yes. Um, and I, I also believe um, you know um in this short life we live on earth, it is really a waste uh, not to maximize, mm. uh, it, you know, our living by doing things that make this world a little better. Mm. Uh, w- I- you know, it could be smiling at the person. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be stopping and talking to them and when you talk to them you are actually talking to them and you're not just you know uh saying things yes when you say good morning say it with your presence Mm -hmm. you know acknowledge that these are uh, fellow human beings created in the image of god um um, and um and that's what i i think uh living uh practicing uh your faith means to me um, by the way, <laughs> I am also, uh, when I practice uh, what I believe, um, 
I am also getting so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, we ha- I have now, I don't know, thousands of, not acquaintances, but friends. Friends, yes. I mean, when, when, when they come to the restaurant, we hug. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, part of the things I do, I'm a very uh, social kind of guy. And when guests come, some of them I don't know, I welcome them with a hug. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that just, you know, people couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, and they've never had that experience. And they are really changed. Mm. Uh, because uh, some of them, you know, when they come and they see it's an Ethiopian restaurant, Ethiopia in Africa, they have, you know, the, uh, you know, the, they don't know what to expect. Yes. Well, they walk in and they, exp- they, they find things completely uh, what they didn't expect. Mm. And you, you see the transformation. It's just we're having a fantastic time. That's great. We were talking to Holly Abib, and uh, he and his wife uh, run a restaurant, St. Yard, in Fishers, Indiana. And we are uh, emphasizing this idea of hospitality, the importance of eating, uh, certainly to cross cultures, not simply by crossing the sea, but sitting across the table from somebody else and breaking bread with them is an important idea. Uh, you are going to uh, be want to stay tuned to the next segment where we get into talking about not only the history of this restaurant and eating, but also the history of Ethiopia itself and what's going on there even today. And Holly's uh, great dream of something yet to come that he would like to see happen between American Christians and Ethiopian Christians. You are listening to Warp and Roof Radio. We will be right back. And we are back. Radio Next.TV at the Cool Groove site, Warp and Woof Radio. And we have a special guest in studio uh, this week, Holly Abib. We're discussing eating in Ethiopia. And for those of you who might be uh, just tuning in, uh, we have been hearing not only the history of Holly coming to this country, but a little bit about Ethiopia. And one of the things that I think uh, our guests, our our listeners to this particular uh, program would like to hear from you, Holly, as a guest, is about the arrival of Islam and what it meant to Africa at large, and how does Islam still impact Ethiopia today? So if you could kind of unpack some of that for us, this would be really helpful. Sure. Uh, uh, First, though, uh, I want your uh, listeners to know that uh, Ethiopia is one of the oldest Christian countries, and it was the first country to actually make Christianity its national religion, and it was the first country to put the cross uh, on its currency wow. first. And in, in the world, uh, there, are, there are two countries that actually put Christianity as their uh, uh, national religion. The second one is uh, Armenia. Mm. Uh, so uh, Christianity um, is deep. And, um, and the other interesting thing is uh, Ethiopia was never colonized. So for uh, Christians who would like to see what Christianity was like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there are spectacular places in Ethiopia, um, extraordinary monasteries, this, the rock church. Mm. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it is really, really uh, like nowhere else. Mm. Um, one uh, narrator, I think it was a Discovery Channel uh, 
said uh, when you are in places like Aksum, Gondar and Lalibela, these are the, the centers of Christianity in Ethiopia, he said um, it's like seeing um, a time and place when Christ was uh, uh, roaming in the Galilee. Hmm. That's how he put it. Hmm. Uh, but there are places in Ethiopia whose Christian magic, <laughs> I don't know if magic is the right word, but is has never been um, um, uh, how shall I say uh, changed with the passage of time. Mm. And, and the Ethiopians are also ancient Christians and their belief hasn't changed. Mm. With that background, um, uh, and I think I want to also share with your listener that Ethiopians also practiced Judaism before Christianity. Okay. And when Christianity came, you know, the Christianity became the national religion. And um, in about the 6th century, I think 623 A.D. to be exact, uh, also um, uh, Ethiopia was the first country to receive Muslim refugees. Mm. Wow. Uh, in the 6th century, uh, the Prophet Muhammad and uh, his followers were uh, being persecuted by the, the tribe called the Quraysh in uh, Saudi Arabia. And the uh, Prophet Muhammad advised his followers, and I would quote, to go to the land of peace and justice where the king that? gives religious freedom. Mm. And the land of peace of and justice he was referring to was the Ethiopia, and the king was a Christian king named King Caleb. Mm. And so his followers, some of them uh, uh, came to uh, Ethiopia and specifically to my hometown, hmm. the city of Aksum. And I hope in other program we will talk about the kingdom of Aksum. It mm. was one of the ancient times, great civilization, uh, one of the four great civilizations in of the ancient times. Uh, so they came to Aksum, and uh, the king, the Christian king, welcomed them uh, with open arms, fed them, protected them. Even when the Quraysh tribe in Saudi Arabia tried to bribe the king to send them back, he refused. Wow. Um, he refused, and when the refugees then later asked the king if they could worship their religion, uh, the king said, um, yes, you can, so long as you follow our laws. So, so not only was Ethiopia the first to receive Muslim refugees, hmm. And also it's re uh, referred to as the first Hijra. Hijra is uh, the migration of uh, Muslims to Medina and to Mecca. Uh, but the first one was to Ethiopia, to Aksum. Yes. And not only that, but the first legal practice of Islam was uh, done in the city of Aksum. Ethiopia and it was uh, the Christian king, King Caleb who uh, granted that legal status. Now before you continue on this yeah. this vein, I just want to say to everybody again, I w did you all hear that? This is a really important idea here that uh, a Christian uh, king and a Christian country under Christian law was the very first to grant freedom to 
Muslim refugees. Uh, the importance and the power of that uh, to suggest that uh, Muhammad himself said that you need to go to the place of peace and justice, which is a Christian kingdom. Oh, my word. That, that we ju I just had to put an exclamation point on that. That's really powerful. You're right. And, you know, the, the sad thing is a lot of uh, uh, followers of Islam don't know this. Oh. Even, in, you know, uh, in, you know in a lot of the uh, Muslim countries, they kind of, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I can't be 100%, but many, 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 even when they come to a restaurant and I share this, mm. they are just taken back. Mm. And, but some of them say, yes, yes, we remember this. Mm. And uh, I, was I just also, also want to mention uh, a couple months ago, there was an imam out of uh, Germany um, uh, who gave an interview and uh, and told the followers that it was a Christian king not only who granted legal status and protection for Muslims uh, but also saved it hmm. and uh, so the, the so the Muslims who know they know this uh, but a lot a lot of the population uh, uh, they don't know, and, and as to why, you know, there there are leadership in, in the Muslim world, kings and and uh, some of them uh, dictators and so on. You know, uh, they 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 may say Islam. You know, we are Muslims, but they don't really teach the, the population. Mm. Uh, you know, some of these uh, historical facts. Um, so uh, and then. Uh, the other thing uh, I want to share with your listeners is the Prophet Muhammad himself actually told his followers um, never to harm the Ethiopians. Uh, he knew uh, that, you know, the Ethiopians, the uh, Christians, had nothing whatsoever uh, against Islam and they welcomed them with open arms, fed them, protected them, gave them legal status and, and, and the Prophet Muhammad acknowledged that and said never to harm the Ethiopians. Wow. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, some uh, didn't follow and so um, uh, our experience with some of these uh, has been uh, uh, very negative. Uh, uh, some of them uh, uh, said that Ethiopia is a Christian island in an Arab sea, something like mm -hmm. that, and they, they you know, they want to uh, Islamize uh, uh, Ethiopia, and especially nowadays, you know, with the, the Saudis and the Egyptians and. Uh, always funneling uh, money and uh, and saboteurs um, uh, to Ethiopia, and uh, you know Ethiopia has uh, experienced uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, damage. And some say um, those who did not follow what the Prophet Muhammad had said have actually caused so much harm for uh, Ethiopia and that Ethiopian economy and the civilization was actually. Uh, uh, 
terribly harmed. We were we uh, we endure invasions from Turkey, from Egypt, um, although we prevailed. Um, in fact, Ethiopians uh, uh, are really fierce warriors. Mm. Uh, and so they not only prevail against the Turks, the Egyptians, we prevail against the Italians, against the Soviets, <laughs> and the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, all the patriarch has to say is they are coming to desecrate your church and Ethiopians will, will uh, fight. They'll rise up to defend it. Yes. Yeah. And I also want to give credit that um, our uh, Muslim brothers in Ethiopia uh, get along with their Christian brothers, and I think the uh, kind of uh, uh, animosity we see in the rest of the w of the world, uh, it never was. Mm. Uh, the, the two religions existed uh, in a very harmonious way. It's it's only those from external um, powers that have been the problem and continues to be the problem. It seems that uh, you know e Ethiopia could stand as a model uh, for not only how to get along with each other, mm -hmm. but perhaps how nation states could get along with each other. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the Christian, uh, King Caleb, you know, he was, when he welcomed our Muslim brothers and sisters, he was living his Christian calling. Mm -hmm. You welcome refugees. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you give love, you protect, you do what, what you can. Uh, and I think, um, I have no doubt, um, Muslims in Ethiopia will do the same. I really do. I grew up, uh, you know, with families uh, uh, that are uh, in the Islamic faith, and you know, went to school with uh, uh, some of my best friends, and we've never, we never really had any kind of uh, um, religious-based uh, intolerance. Mm. Uh, but um, you know, later on, though, uh, especially at the uh, uh, some of the states like Saudi Arabia became so rich and they want to um, uh, uh, expand their uh, brand of uh, uh, Islam and they were, f you know, funding all kinds of um, terrorism uh, and uh, they tried to uh, create um, um, infighting. Uh, even even, even in, in some of uh, Ethiopian Muslim population mm. uh, to kind of radicalize them, but they haven't succeeded. Well, that's uh, they haven't succeeded so it far. We go back to the the concept or the model that that could come out of Ethiopia. I think that's that's a very powerful idea and one one that I'll be promoting certainly. I I wanted to get back to another question though, since we're talking about eating in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. uh, let's. Let me ask you about your philosophy of angels, because, mm. you know, quite frankly, if you walk into St. Yared's and you begin to read about this, or even go online and begin to read about this, you are not going to see many restaurants <laughs> that promote angelic presence. So tell us about your philosophy of angels and how that impacts your restaurant. Absolutely. And um, it has, you know, it's the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Um, has the Ethiopian has its own um, teachings, and one of which is um, we believe dining is a time um, for religious journey and discovery. Mm. Uh, we believe food is so sacred that 
when the food comes and you should see it or in Christian Ethiopia there is religious pageantry mm. y- you know you you do the, the wife the the children the the husband um, are engaged so let me just interrupt and ask again you just said that the food is sacred absolutely oh my absolutely so sacred that uh, in fact if there was let's say a, a party you know young people or anybody dancing and all of a sudden food is coming and it would come in a um, container called the musob and the musob is dressed in a very spiritual beautiful uh, color um, uh, cloth and the person bringing it is dressed like a deacon and the minute that walks into the room now music will go silent and people wow. will take their seat wow this is a traditional uh, ethiopian um, because uh, we believe not only uh, you know uh, when we prepare food it is with the idea that the guest in the house could be jesus christ you know it it strikes me that you said earlier that when the teacher walks in you stand up but when the food comes in you sit down that's that's really cool that's right (laughs) you know that's interesting (laughs) Hmm. maybe we should stand up you know but uh um i think it's um uh tech is yeah i wonder why that is but yeah we sit and then um we also never talk loud it's almost like you are at the church hmm. and and so not only it's prepared with the idea of the guest or even within the family hmm. uh, that um, it's a time for uh, a religious journey and discovery but we believe food as sacred when it comes we believe it comes guarded by angels there are hmm. angels around hmm. And uh, and so when uh, Christian Ethiopians dine, uh, we believe uh, we not only we are in the company of angels, but in the presence of God. This is a, a fascinating idea. I, I interject here to say that my son and I, my son Tyler and I, have been talking about angelic presence, mm-hmm. and how uh, even when his dog was living with us in our, our house. <laughs> Uh, the dog would often look up at the ceiling, and mm. I oft- we, we've talked about this. Does the dog see mm. an angelic presence, an angelic host, even yeah. within a home? I, That's right. This is a fascinating idea. Yeah. So, so, um, so dining, so imagine, and, and you really, if you see, uh, you look and at the people sitting around that musob. And I've done this, especially after living in the United States, and I go, and I go from one family to another to visit, and then you see the folks sitting around the musob to eat. You can see they are all—they are like in a church. They are mm. facial expressions. They are uh, just—they are in a different state. Mm. And 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 I understand that, and that is because imagine if you really believer and and mm. angels and God mm. are present. Mm. Well, how would you feel? Yes. You will be in a state of absolute freedom, mm. heavenly state-like. Mm. And, and, uh, and, um, and that is a key because we believe uh, only then 
would you be able to see how blessed you are? Mm. Uh, we believe that in, when we are in the company of angels, in the presence of God, uh, we can see God's gift for us is right in front of us. Mm. We don't believe the grass is green on the other side. We believe the other side, the grass is, there's no grass, it's mm. desert. Mm. The greenest grass is on our side. And to see it, you have to be free. Mm. And so uh, being in the company of angels and God delivers that. And you see Ethiopians, couples and lovers, you know, feeding each other with amazing tenderness mm. and, you know, just attention and concentration and devotion because they are in a heavenly state. They mm. see that gift, the, mm. the how precious that is. So uh, um, Ethiopians do do that and uh, why, why dining is so important. And uh, because we discover our blessings, and mm. once we discover our blessing, we are called upon to celebrate it, make time to celebrate it each and every day. In fact, mm. that's what we should live for. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so dining is a. Uh, it, it's kind of its own. I think of it like having sealing the joy with a communion. Mm. It's you know. I, I think that's. I think the food really is has, uh, when it's sacred and you are using that to express that which is sublime mm -hmm. um, then um, it's kind of a form of communion you're really connecting with higher one, one of the things we talked about in the first segment was about this connection between uh, Jesus leaving us with the last supper mm -hmm. concept mm -hmm. Uh, but something else strikes me too, and and it would be interesting to kind of explore this with with somebody such as yourself. The yeah. the idea of Levitical law and how uh, food there were so many food laws in uh, the ancient world, specifically in Hebraic religion. Um, and I'll be teaching an Old Testament overview at my church this fall, so okay. uh, I'm I'm really interested to kind of segue into this idea of uh, this, the, the dietary laws that come out of the Old Testament, are there connections to Ethiopian culture in this way? Well, um, um, Ethiopians, you know, we fast a lot. Okay. For example, Christians don't eat meat, dairy, or eggs, Wednesdays and Fridays, mm. and Easter, and there are a number of other uh, fasting uh, uh, time. And all food consumed is vegan. Okay. Um, it's it's kind. You know, I I don't know the. I'm not a, uh, you know an expert or uh, on uh, biblical studies, but uh, the way uh, Ethiopian faith faith calls is you are to live a simple life. Hmm. Uh, in fact, many Ethiopian Christians forsake earthly life and completely devote themselves to 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 service of the church. Some of them become monks, some of them become hermits, some of them uh, nuns. Uh, and then I if you see even the priests and the deacons, they are in a, um, you can see that that's, you know, simple life, not indulgence. Mm. Uh, is 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 a way to to uh, to heaven, mm. and so uh, th this idea of uh, indulging um, 
being extravagant. Yes. Uh, you know, just consumed by earthly things mm. is is contrary to Ethiopian way of thinking. Mm. You know. This is a this is a fascinating discussion, and and what what's always happens uh, to me when we have uh, such great guests guests such as yourself is that time flies when we're having fun, <laughs> and uh, uh, we've had such a great conversation. We've we've got a few minutes left, three or four minutes left, and I would like for you to kind of give um, your dream. We're definitely going to have you back to to talk again about more of these things. I I think I got through half of my questions. Okay. But I, I really want you to tell people about your dream that you mentioned to me the other day when we were at the restaurant, uh, the dream that you have of bringing American Christians to Ethiopia. So take a couple minutes, uh, tell us about that, and then any final words that you might like to leave with the audience today. Sure. Um, uh, thank you. This is a very important question because, first of all, um, I'm very surprised uh, you know, a lot of Americans, they tell me they go to many African countries, missions, and so on, and that's wonderful. But when I ask them if they know Christianity in Ethiopia, they don't know. Mm -hmm. Few are actually the ones that have come to, uh, that I've met, that really know. And I don't know what happened, but, you know, e Ethiopia is is really the the, uh, the reservoir mm. uh, the I don't know the museum um, and the journey the experience of, of Christianity and unchanged because we were never colonized so it's really um, it's, it's in its original state mm. and uh, and so, uh, a lot of, uh, I think, Ethiopians, the Ethiopian church, I do not believe, uh, is getting the kind of support it needs, uh, you know, to make sure that the world heritage that the church has preserved mm -hmm. at a great cost uh, is being taken it can be taken care of so uh, you know I have a dream um, you know I'm I already uh, early retired and now uh, I'm helping my wife and I'm writing a book but uh, in the next few years uh, what I want to do is uh, have a nonprofit organization that actually would try to preserve uh, um, the the church um, uh, books and uh, and there's so many artifacts that are you know uh, hundreds of years old in all these monasteries some of the scriptures written on books that are you know made from goatskin the page mm. bound beautifully the technology and uh, would blow you away mm. and I want to make sure those are preserved uh, some of the great rock churches uh, in my home state there are over 200 rock churches um, they need to be maintained uh, preserved so what I want to do is um, not only in, in a way that I can try to help the, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church which is you know the guardian 
of the church uh, to have the kind of resources uh, that it needs to look after the well-being of the church mm. but individually personally uh, I would like to uh, uh, get uh, Americans uh, to come together and really look after this uh, this church and and the scriptures mm. the amazing church uh, um, libraries um, so that they don't um, perish mm. like to microfish them uh, to the extent that I, I can it would be wonderful if we can come up with ways to uh, actually build mm. uh, sanctuaries for them so that mm. uh, uh, they don't uh, get old and, sure. and, and, and and disappear. The preservation emphasis Preser is... That's the word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is what I, 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 I hope. And just, just even just like you having me on your radio, um, uh, get Americans to know. You know, to read, go on the internet, read about uh, uh, Christianity and all Islam and, mm. and, and Judaism in Ethiopia, mm -hmm. and read about the, the, the kingdom of Aksum, the civilization of Aksum, the how it built this extraordinary obelisk. These are 69 feet tall, 500 ton, single piece solid granite. And you can see the, the power of faith. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it could move. Uh, Mountains <laughs> <laughs> and move obelisks, obelisk, well. <laughs> create obelisk, <laughs> create rock church. Mm. Extraordinary. This is, um. th these are fantastic ideas, and w we have to have you back again because, sure. as I said, I didn't get to half of my questions, and we have to talk about your book. I didn't even talk about <laughs> the book. So, Holly, thank you so much for being here today with us. We're really grateful for your voice here today in the community. Thank you so much. You are so welcome, and uh, congratulations for the work that you're doing. I think we need people like you and others to constantly try to bring the best in us so that we can have uh, make the world a the better way, place yes yeah there you the go Christ well, would want us to thank you so much uh, we actually here do exist uh, Titus chapter 3 to do good uh, I'm grateful again for my brother and my uh, I board member HB Bell who's sitting right here thankful so much for him and for his good work in the community don't want to forget that on September 2nd, we're going to have art in the park. We're going to have some great uh, music down there, some great food. Be talking about the issues of psychology. You won't want to miss that. Continue to follow us on Facebook. Follow Harold H.B. Bell as well, and you'll get all of these announcements, uh, but especially uh, radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. And, of course, that's where you hear us every Wednesday, uh, Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you at 10 till noon every week, and we are grateful to do so. Uh, looking forward to next week, but until then, we will see you.